So if we're not getting enough omega-3s, then maybe we're not synthesizing as much protein and not building as much muscle or not preserving as much muscle. It's calories in, it's calories out. As long as I eat less calories than I burn, then I'm gonna be healthy, right? Did we forget all about micronutrients? Did we forget all about fatty acid profiles? You see, when I look at intermittent fasting, I try to look at the big picture here because there is a big glaring problem that we run into with intermittent fasting. And that is the fact that we have a smaller eating window. And that leaves us open to all kinds of deficiencies because we only have a finite amount of time to eat. So that means we need to get very granular about what we do put in that eating window. You see, with intermittent fasting, maybe you only have a four-hour eating window, maybe a six, maybe an eight, whatever, depends what you're doing, but that's a lot less time to get the abundance of fatty acid that we need to really support a healthy body. So this video is all about making sure you get the omega-3s in and doing so in a really proper fashion. Hey, do make sure you hit the red subscribe button and also hit that bell icon to turn on notifications. And remember, I'm not a doctor, I'm just some guy on the internet that lost 100 pounds, and I do know a little bit of biochemistry, and I know quite a bit about fasting. So I'm gonna do this video a little bit different than what I would normally do. I'm actually gonna break down what you should eat towards the beginning of the video. A, it's good for time, but B, it allows me to justify what I'm talking about later on rather than doing this big buildup. So I'm gonna recap what you should do when you refeed, what you should do when you break a fast with four really quick simple steps. First things first, very minimal carbohydrates when you break a fast. This is super important. No more than like 20, just keep it super low. Ideally, no, no carbs. Second, small portions. Small portions no matter what. Okay, your body cannot handle a lot of food right after a fast. Number three, protein is your focus. Lean protein, that's all you really need to focus on. You don't need to try to get a wide variety right when you break your fast. And then lastly, in this little category, keep the sodium a little bit lower, just because you're trying to keep balance with electrolytes. If you throw a bunch of sodium in, it can create this uh, osmotic flow that's gonna end up messing things up. Long story short, keep those things in mind. Here's how I would typically break a fast if I was trying to get a bunch of omega-3s in. I would usually break my fast with a lean sockeye salmon, okay? I don't like fat when I break my fast. It's hard on the digestive system. Your body's not ready for it, okay? You don't have the same enzyme potential because enzymes have reduced a bit during your fast because there's no need for them. So a bunch of fats are hard on the body, which makes it hard to get omega-3s in, right? So I choose the omega-3 sources that are as lean as possible, but still potent with omega-3s. So sockeye salmon is lean. That's the really red kind, okay? Go for that. Sockeye salmon's a great way to break a fast. Sea bass is a great way to break a fast. It's also pretty lean. And then shrimp is also very lean, but still has some omega-3s in it. Remember, you're not trying to get all your omega-3s with this one meal. You can get them a little bit later. Now, even still, you may want to add in some kind of omega-3 supplementation. Normally, I don't even recommend a lot of omega-3s because most of the oils out there are pretty contaminated and not the highest quality. But if we can get some good amount of omega-3s in, then we can combat some of the issues that I'll talk about in a minute. I put a link down below for the omega-3 that I typically use. It's from Sun Warrior, who you see a lot on this channel anyway, because they're a supporter of them. And it is what is called algal oil. Algal oil is omega-3 that is technically a vegan form because it's derived from literally algae. So the lower that you go down the food chain, 
the more potent omega-3 that you have. Fish aren't magically born with omega-3s in them. Fish acquire them from what they eat. So if you go further down the food chain, you get cleaner, unadulterated forms. So usually I would break a fast and I might, if I'm going to add omega-3s in, I'm going to add algal oil or some kind of calamarine oil. So I did put a special link down below if you want to try out the Sun Warrior omega-3s that I recommend. Uh, you don't have to, just a recommendation. But then what's really important after you break the fast is what you do a couple hours later. Okay, remember, your body cannot break down a lot of fats at the end of a fast. So a couple hours later is when you go ahead and you add the fatty fish in. Okay, that's when you would add the Atlantic salmon that's fattier. That's when you would add the mackerel. That's when you would add my personal favorite, the sardines, okay? That's when you add the fattier fish to really load up on the omega-3s. An alternative there would be going for like grass-fed beef. Grass-fed, grass-finished, good quality beef that's high omega-3 content, lower omega-6. So now let me justify this and make some big sense of it so that you can really understand the application of this. What happens is we face three big issues at the end of a fast. One, inflammation goes up. When we're fasting, inflammation is down, but after we eat, it's natural for inflammation to go up. It's why we sometimes don't feel so good right after a fast. The second problem is, of course, inadequate ability to get all of our nutrients in. That's a big problem. We don't get enough omega-3. But the third thing is a very big one, and that's protein synthesis. And omega-3 plays a big role in protein synthesis. So if we're not getting enough omega-3s, then maybe we're not synthesizing as much protein and not building as much muscle or not preserving as much muscle. So when it comes down to the inflammation, there was a study that was published in the Journal of Clinical Investigation. Okay, it found that during a fast, inflammation levels went nice and low in LRP3 inflammasome. Okay, that went nice and low. But upon breaking a fast, there was a two and a half X increase in, in LRP3 inflammasome, which resulted in a three X expression of what is called interleukin one beta. What this simply means in human normal terms is that inflammation went pretty sky high after breaking a fast. It went low during and then went high after. Well, they wanted to dive into this more. They found what really made the inflammation worse was having more in the way of what are called lipopolysaccharides. These are uh, components that are living on the bacteria in our gut that sometimes leak into our bloodstream. So here's what they found out. When subjects consumed a bunch of saturated fat, right when they broke a fast, they had a lot more lipopolysaccharides and a lot more inflammation. When they consumed omega-6s, not a whole lot of a change. But when they consumed omega-3s, the inflammation actually controlled and the lipopolysaccharide levels went down. Okay, so what that was showing us was that omega-3s actually control the post-fast-breaking inflammatory response, which is phenomenally good for us if we want to feel better and not have that joint achiness that we get at the end of a fast. The other thing is that omega-3s are very unlikely to be stored as fat. This is what's cool. If you look at any given adipose tissue, you're looking at roughly 0.2% of it being omega-3s. It's so low. Omega-3s tend to store as a phospholipid bilayer around a cell. So it means if you eat excess omega-3s, it's quite difficult for it to turn into fat. It's a lot easier for it to turn into a phospholipid bilayer and create a membrane around a cell, which actually helps you out, okay? So you can overeat a little bit of omega-3s, Whereas if you overeat a little bit of saturated fat, you might run into a problem, right? So more omega-3s is also going to help the mechanical process of protein synthesis. It helps the cell fluidity, it helps the membrane move more so the cells can actually communicate better, but then also has some different expression in terms of specific genes involved in the mTOR pathway, like P70S6K. Now, complicated stuff again, but omega-3s essentially help you out with protein synthesis. Why is this so important? 
you have a precious finite amount of time at the end of your fast or after when you're eating, your eating window. You want to get the most out of it. If you don't get good protein synthesis and don't get good protein assimilation during that period, then you run the risk of losing muscle because you did go a long period of time without eating. Let's not deny that. So let's make up for it by making sure our body utilizes that protein better after you break your fast. So if you look at everything that I'm saying here, how it makes sense and how it ties together is that, yes, you want the omega-3s, but you want the most potent omega-3s because you really shouldn't be taking in a bunch of fats right after a workout. Okay, remember the inflammation thing I talked about? Okay, we don't want a bunch of fats coming in because it can hurt that, it can cause more inflammation. So we want lean, potent omega-3s. So lean fish, the shrimp, the sockeye salmon, the sea bass, or you know, a protein shake or some chicken or something like that supplemented with good algal oil or good calamarine oil or good omega-3s. Again, put the link down below for my favorite algal oil. And then later on, you wanna go ahead and you wanna get more omega-3s from the diet however you can. Okay, we can talk about different sources of that in another video. Anyhow, I hope this broke down why they're so important, why you need them, and as always, please keep it locked in here on my channel. I'll see you tomorrow.